Hello and welcome to the 5050 Network Podcast. Today we're talking film. Brian, take it away. Well, as we move down the list of the best Oscar film nominees, we are now going to talk about Sound of Metal, which was the movie about the drummer, the heavy metal drummer, who uh, lost his hearing and grant, uh, pretty much turns his life completely upside down. Uh, I mean, fair warning, anyone listening, spoilers, we're going to go through the whole movie, discuss things. But um, I enjoyed it. I don't think it's a movie I'm going to go back. It, I don't think it has like a whole lot of rewatchability for me. There were there were parts that kind of lost my interest at times, but like there were some really really good scenes uh especially towards the beginning and the end of this movie. And I thought it was pretty good. I I liked it a whole lot more than Nomadland, I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> um what's his name? Uh Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed, yeah, Riz Ahmed. I think he's got a really great case for uh, best actor nods. He he definitely right. put on a really strong performance. So that's definitely the highlight f- for me. And the more of the movies that I watch for the nominees, I definitely get a feel that the acting is like a really really good cast this year. Uh, the movies less so. I'm I get a lot of a lot of good movies, but nothing's like really standing out for me. And that's kind of what this is. It's a good movie. Would recommend somebody watching it, but it's not something I'm going to come back and watch uh, multiple times over. Is is it because of the acting, the story, or is it just? I think it's 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 very difficult for a movie like this to like consistently hold your attention because there's so little sound involved it's like not so much like um a, like a quiet place a quiet place kind of was able to do did that very very well and that's why it stands out so much and that's why i love that movie this one okay. i mean there there are parts in the deaf community where they're like interesting for a bit but um i mean after after so long of it i'm just i was just kind of getting dull of it Okay, so I'm. I only asked because I was just wondering if it's something like it wasn't. You didn't want to. It was not rewatchable because it wasn't good, or you didn't like the acting, or if it's like something like the Joker where you got you can watch again, but it's like mentally draining. You know, it's there's just some movies that that are good, but just don't like hold a lot of rewatchability. Like, I think a great example was uh, Arrival. That movie came out a while back um, with Amy Adams uh, where they had to try and communicate with the aliens. And it was a really, really, really good movie. But once you kind of get the ending of it, it kind of takes away from the whole experience of watching it because you know what's going to happen. That's a movie where I would say fantastic movies that don't have great rewatchability. But okay. This is, I mean, this is not the same thing. It's not like there's a some huge spoiler or a plot twist at the end of this movie. But um, no, just just some movies just don't hold that for me. Yeah, I I get where you're coming from. Um, for me, it's definitely something I could rewatch, but it's not something like I actively I would go out of my way for. If I wanted to show somebody that, like, if I had seen it without you, and it was out. 
and you wanted a suggestion on what to see, like the next time we hung out, this would be something I would see with you. But again, but not a, definitely not like a third time, if that makes any sense. Like la- uh, like the last set of uh, films that were nominees when we had like Parasite and um, Ford vs. Ferrari and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like those movies, which I, I, the, all, the, all those movies were complete, that was a completely stacked lineup for the Oscars. Right. Um, like those movies, if they're on TV, I'm going to click on them probably every time, every time they're up every single time. Okay. Yeah. But, I, can, uh, I mean, I get that. I, I believe that the movies this year are a little more, um, they're, they're definitely they're less trying... commercial. They're less commercial. Yeah. They're, they're more, I don't want to say strictly dramatic kind of movies, but they're, they're, I mean, they're not like, I don't know where I'm going with that. I get what you mean. It's just a different, yeah. it's a different year. It's a, it's a very, not different. saying it's not saying that these are bad in any way. It's just, it's different. There's plenty of people who are going to come out and say that they love this movie. Cause it is a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It's a good, it's a good movie. It deserves to be nominated. But for me, the highlight was Riz Ahmed and, um, I think he'll have a great shot at the best Oscar. And I think that would be the, that'd be my biggest takeaway from it. Yeah. Um, so far, um, of the movies that we have watched, uh, I personally, um, I am only missing Chicago seven and Minari. Um, I would have to say that Riz Ahmed is, at the top of my list for best actor. Um, but I mean, I got two, two more movies to, to, to go, but like, I don't know. I just feel like he's, he's the one to look out for. I will say like, cause there are, there were points in this movie where, um, like it definitely felt like if you were in, his shoes and that character's shoes in some of these moments, it's it it really throws a big slap in the face of perspective for you. And I think he definitely hit you with it with some of the scenes. Like this movie has some very some very powerful scenes in it. It's towards the beginning. Oh yeah, and then and then a couple at the end, and um and those like the standout scenes. Like this is one of those movies where uh like a film class can come back. Come back Almost, and, just yeah, like, and, and, and and yeah, and go back and study just how they made certain parts of this film because it was very well done. And uh, was there a best director nod for this? I don't believe so. Okay. I mean, I have to, I, I have to go I, check I the best but... director nods. I mean, like I would, I would pick, I'd, I'd pick this for a director over Nomadland because I'm just, I just like the shit on Nomadland. I didn't like it. But no, this was uh there were some really fantastic scenes here. So I, I enjoyed the movie. Okay, well, um I I loved it. It was one of the first movies I I watched when coming up with the idea well, I mean I was gonna watch it regardless. Uh when I came up with the uh Oscars watch along. Um Riz Ahmed did great. I forgot her name that played the girlfriend. She also did great. Oh yeah, she killed it. Like I, I, I wasn't 
if she uh if she was in the movie a whole lot more i think she could have had um a, re- a gr- great shot at getting an award because she was kid she killed it and uh yeah i uh, i also in. i also agree with that i think if she had more screen time she would have um though you always have that issue of is too much screen time gonna hurt her or not but i mean that's that's film that's the film business um well, but think, you want to know something? I, what? Go on. Well, I was no, gonna go say I think it was important for her character, for her character in the film, to have that big, that big gap in screen time, because who she was at the beginning and who and who she was at the end, she went through uh, a big transformation of her own. And I right. think if you had little, like if if he was like sneaking out to get uh just like his moments with her, I think it kind of may have affected the the character poorly. But so I think right. in terms of the story, it made sense for the the lack of screen time. But no, in the screen time she did have, she did a great job. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. She did a good job. She did a great job. But actually, one person in this that I feel like did the best job of all would have to be um, um the leader of the or leader the. The guy who owns the, the deaf community. Well, not, oh, I don't know why yeah. I just said owns. Oh, the guy who run, runs the deaf community. Yeah, um, I thought he did a, a fantastic job. Um, Paul Rassi, I think his name is. I'm not sure who anyway. his name is. Yeah, um, he, uh, yeah, he, yeah. Go ahead. I, I just thought he did a phenomenal job, and um, I believe I saw his name. I don't know if it was for the Oscars or another um, uh, award uh, show, but I honestly think he deserves a nod and maybe even a win. Um, I know a lot of people are saying Chicago Seven. There's a lot. There's great acting all around. I still got to check that out. Um, but I think he's definitely in the lead for supporting. I mean, I can't. I don't know. I have to check the list of who's who else is on it, but I mean, he's my my favorite so far. You know, I I agree. He because his character in that movie was just I I love the the character that he played because like, there's that one scene. Uh, again, spoiler warnings. Where he goes, he gets the the implants, he gets the surgery, and then he comes right. and then he come, goes back to the community, and the guys sitting there, kind of just like almost judging him. And then you just get the sense of, I don't, he's not gonna like what he just did. Because, again, he said it from the beginning. You're not, we're not like some place that you're gonna just chill out in until you try to get your hearing back. You, you're supposed to, to live with this now. This, this is what this community is here for. We're here to get you in that mindset. Because, like, the first thing he did, the first job he gave him was to learn how to be deaf. Right. Because the guy was very clear that uh this is a deaf community you're not going to come here and then bail you need to embrace this because this is your life now and that guy completely did and uh, (laughs) i completely get the whole thing where you have to leave because we don't need this is not this this place is not for you if this is what your priorities are going to be and he did a fantastic job the one worry i have with winning the supporting role is that Judas and the Black Messiah, for some reason, apparently does not have a lead role. So the two people who 
were arguably the leader roles, both fell into the supporting roles. So, huh. like, I'm looking at, like, Daniel Kalu- uh, Kaluuya, who's gun- who should have... You know what? I would have said he's a supporting actor anyway. But he had so much more screen time in, uh, in, uh, in, with his character. And he did a fantastic job also. I think it might almost default to him. Just right. because it's like... How do you have a movie without a lead actor? How's that a thing? Um... How do you just have supporting roles? I don't know. Maybe it's one of the the first of its kind that they couldn't really differentiate. It's weird. Yeah, what? but that that seems like they're in the wrong, wrong category and might give them an advantage over uh, Paul Rossi. But no, he uh, he did a fantastic job. Yeah, and um, I lost my thought. That's bound to happen. Um. But I really did. I, I enjoyed the act. I thought it had one of the, the best acting of some of the movies that um, we have been watching. Um, and damn, Riz Ahmed really sold me on being deaf. Like, if he would have told me, like, he went deaf, like, filming it, I would believe it. Because, like, he was just very thorough like you i guess you, is the word i would use like you see this a lot with other or with um people who play um like tom hanks and forrest gump or um dustman hoffman and like rain man they play these uh these other characters with these other uh issues that they have but then you don't really get a whole lot of that out of uh deaf characters like i can't think of other standout uh deaf characters in movies and it's just like a very difficult thing to to act like you have and i agree i think he sold it sold it really well and um no it's like the just like the way he his attitude was towards uh towards like his situation at the beginning and then even in the middle like like when he that scene where he went back and it's like i got the surgery and then you can just see his priorities were still he didn't really change inside just yet. But then when he realized when he got the implants and he turned them on and it was clear, he was not going to get his, his life back the way he was hoping. Right. That was like the, that was like the most important scene of the movie. Cause that was just like when his character completely changed and he sold it perfect. And those are the scenes that are going to get him the award. If he ends up winning. I think that and the um, that scene in their trailer where he's losing his hearing, like she's trying to talk to him and she's writing down on the paper, but every so often she would try to speak and he's like, you have to write it down. I, I'm going fucking deaf. Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, well, like when he was, um, when he had his, when he was starting like breaking shit. Yeah. But like it's the, it was, the one thing that was in all the trailers was him like screaming, like you have to write it down. I can't like, I can't hear you. I'm going deaf. Yeah. And it was just so, uh, it was like, it was very heartbreaking to see like, that's that to me, that, that is the movie that always becomes my favorite every year or in terms of like, acting in a drama 
is can you break my heart like i know how silly that seems but like you remember seeing joker and you may not have gotten choked up about it but like realizing that he had um what's the word i'm looking for they were able to make joker into a sympathetic character for a good bit of that movie. right and he he was i, I want to say portraying but that's not the word it, he was like uh, fantasy. His his life had been a fantasy at a certain point. So like he wasn't with the girl. He wasn't, you know, really making people laugh and stuff like that. And you and then I think right after that he killed his adoptive mother. But anyway, um, you really felt heartbroken over this guy's story and i think that is the movie excuse me that's the movie that gets that gets people that real life uh not saying you know this portrays real life more than the other movies or anything about them but it's i guess the performance like i i think riz ahmed this year was last year's walking phoenix and joker I can definitely see that because the the because, because they, he really did take that. Go on. Oh, I was gonna say because they picked the perfect character for this role in terms of of a he, uh, the uh, heavy metal drummer. Because not only are you taking away something that he loves that he can't do anymore, but doing it like in the beginning, just him having to do it, it made it worse. Is like so not right. now that something that you loved is hurting you, and that's just like the most frustrating part for the character to deal with. Because you know there's those moments where he's just like, no, let's just keep going, let's keep doing it. I st- I still want to do the drums, if I can make it work, I'll make it work. But then it's just like, no, you can't. Everyone's telling him, no, you cannot do this. You're gonna make it worse, and you're gonna lose which the little you have left. And right. uh, then he has to, then he ends up having to sell everything. And then at the end of the movie, when he's like coming to terms, he's like, "No, I don't. I don't think music's gonna be part of my life anymore," and it just sucks because that's what that's what he loved doing. He loved to be the heavy metal drummer, and right. now and he can't do it anymore. And it was something that was stolen from him. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And uh, another scene that really kind of hit home, or not hit home, but like drove home this performance was um i think it was basically the last um time he played drums before going to that place where he finished the set and like immediately got up and left and it was just it was a like i guess you would call it a close-up shot of just him drumming do you remember that part yeah, when uh, right before he just goes out and just kind of has his one of his first breakdowns. Well, it, it, yeah. it was it was his first breakdown. It's just like I I can't hear. I I can't I can't play the drums. I can't do what I love. And it's and it, that that was like the first. There are a lot of scenes that are like something. It just became real for him. And that was that was the first one. That 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 it took place. Right. Yeah. So that 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 particular scene got me as well. Did this get a for screenplay? It did. 
Yeah, I was going to say I'm pretty confident that it did. Yeah. That's that's another one to, to look out for. Uh, original screenplay. Yeah, well, um, we, we've got our ballot, so best fill it out. Well, I mean, you got to watch everything first, so I guess take your time. But, I mean, this has to be one of my favorites of the bunch. And what's funny is the earlier award shows that they had didn't have a lot of praise for this film, but it was probably, in terms of nominated films, my personal favorite. Now, it probably put Mank right under it. Yeah, so I got to see, I watched Mank, and then I watched Sound of Metal immediately afterwards. Uh, we'll, we'll get into Mank into a separate episode, but they definitely, um, no, those, those I, I'm with you. Those are two very, uh, very good films. I'm happy I got to see them both, and they're both very, but they're also two of my favorite, uh, my leads for uh, Best Actor nods, because Gary Oldman killed it in Mank, and Riz Ahmed killed it here. And I right. know uh, they're, they're uh, two great films, and I, actually, I would love to jump into Mank. Mank was the movie about Herman um, Mankiewicz. I hope I got his name right. Uh, yep, Herman J. Mankiewicz and his uh, time writing the screenplay for Citizen Kane. And, and if anyone has not seen Citizen Kane, you should do it. It's a very influential film, and there's a reason there's a movie about writing it. Um, Gary Oldman stars and he kicked absolute ass. There is no surprise. He was nominated for best actor has a great shot at it. Um, the movie was uh, focused on him pretty much start to finish. And the only person who ever really took my attention away from him was Charles Dance because I love um, Lord Tywin and Game of Thrones. So he always has that automatic. He demands attention kind of a role no matter what he plays. <laughs> Um, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Tywin over the bad guy and last action hero, I'm ashamed of you. L- listen, listen. In, in, sh- in my, in, in my, man, in, and I'm here to confess. In my Discord server, my role is Lord Tywin. Oh, okay. Mad, mad respect to that uh for that man. Um not the not the no, just the actor. I'm not gonna jump into that. Either way, um no he Gary Oldman was fantastic in this film. Uh, fair warning, it is in black and white for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, spoiler alerts, by the way. But, um, no, I mean, I, I, I'm i not sure what the, the whole idea behind the black and white was. I guess just to fit the time period. But it doesn't take away from the movie uh, whatsoever. And I would say it might be my favorite film so far. And I... And uh, when I t- say that, I mean I've seen Nomadland, uh, Sound of Metal, and Judas and the Black Messiah. So of those four, I'd probably put this one as my favorite thus far. In terms of best actor, Gary Oldman's right there. I don't know if I'm putting him above Riz Ahmed, but um, good contender. I can understand if he wins. Um. Mank was definitely uh, a love letter to Citizen Kane. Um, anyone who watched Citizen Kane that watches this, if you didn't catch all the nods, or at least most of them, you did not watch very carefully. Um, 
there's a lot of um, I would say like shots that mirrored shots that were in um, there were a lot of mirroring mirroring shots in this film that are an ode to Citizen Kane which I thought were fantastic and um, they even mentioned uh, um, Orson Welles radio career which was interesting you know what I did I made a mistake I, I should have watched rewatched Citizen Kane before watching this uh, just to get it fresh in my memory so I can so I could have caught more of those moments because that probably makes it even, an even better film I enjoy I have I don't remember a whole bunch of Citizen Kane it's been a long ass time since I've seen that movie but if I went back and watched it I, I think watching that first will improve the watching experience with this movie because you again you probably caught more than I did probably well, you know me i mean i'm mr eagle eye in those movies yeah you pick out things that uh most people don't you pick you pick out uh random ass actors that i didn't even pay attention to and then you're like oh that's the guy from game of thrones I'm uh like, his brother what? is the guy from ozarks sorry it's just like what the hell are you talking about who's <laughs> like that dude over the, that that extra you knew who the extra was in his other film no you're uh you're weird um <laughs> <laughs> But no, I I really enjoyed this film. It didn't, um, it didn't start slow. I, I did not have a point in the film where I kind of just like, uh, I was bored at any point. This film pretty much carried me through all the way to the end. Do you think? And was this definitely better than Nomadland? Because that seems to be the the bar now. I'm upset that. No Bad Land is even within four or five sentences of Mank, because it's just in a completely different class of film. Uh, if anyone has not been watching before, I've just been shitting on No Bad Land every every chance I get. I hate that movie, and the more I think about it, the more I hate it. Uh, so you watch your damn mouth and don't ever talk about No Bad Land in the same same breath as Mank. Mank was significantly better. Um. I, I I especially love this movie. Uh, other than the odes to Citizen Kane, um, I thought the acting was superb. Um, I like it when movies nowadays go black and white. I think it's interesting, and it's kind of interesting to see it come out as black and white instead of being one of those movies that, for some reason, like within a year or a year later, is has a black and white version. Yeah. That seems to be the trend going on now. I don't understand, but uh, the acting was fantastic. Charles Dance. I am also a Tywin fan um, and a Last Action Hero fan. So you gotta love <laughs> Charles Dance. I want him to narrate my life. Um, I I thought it was a it was a lot better than than I thought, and I had high expectations for it. Um, I want to rewatch it because I. Was, I bound to miss some things. Um, I love the relationship that Mank had with Orson Welles. It was kind of like Orson Welles is trying to resurrect this man's career and Orson Welles isn't liked by Hollywood. So it's kind of like a trifecta of drama um, or, or a um, love triangle of sorts, but not really a love triangle, more of like a, slightly dislike triangle fuck it go with love triangle it was a love triangle 
it, it, in a way it was. I think it was more of, I don't want you to succeed, but I need you to succeed because I need the money. So it was like the studio, you know, Orson Welles, Mank studio. You get it. Yeah, it was it was a very interesting relationship that the uh, that they had in the movie, and then it, they uh, then it kind of came all together at the end when he's uh, like, "I want credit," and I, <laughs> I mean that that's a thing that's a thing for uh, that was probably a bigger deal then as it is now, I guess. But no, it was um it was interesting just knowing that there's always a story behind around these films that are so influential and and well-known and it's cool and i like it when these movies come out with stories that i didn't even know were a thing like i wouldn't have thought about the uh, the a really interesting story behind the writing of of citizen kane but then it's like oh yeah there's like something really cool here and then i'm just pleasantly surprised that something that i didn't realize something was there was really there and it was really interesting and uh, no, they killed it. I'm really happy they actually made the film, and they did it very well. The uh, going into it, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't actually look too much into the, what the film was. I read like the description of what it is. Like, oh, okay, uh, Mankiewicz write writing the screenplay, Citizen Kane. I did not know Charles Dance was in it. That was a very nice surprise for me. And um, no, like this, the more the movie went on, the more I started to enjoy it. I got over black and white pretty much immediately. And, I don't know why it's so hard for people. It's just black and white. I think it's similar to the language barrier. Like they can't. I think that one's a bit more uh, more difficult. But this is like if you just get over the subtitles, there's fantastic. You're you're limiting yourself to some fantastic films that you could watch. I think Parasite did a great job for films like that. Yeah. Uh, last year, um, this wasn't the. What was the film a, a few years back that was black and white? Was it um. The artist. The artist. That's what it was. Yeah, the artist. That it did that too. And uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, if if the black and white turns people off, I really encourage you to just give it a shot. You really don't notice it. it this is not a movie. This is not an Avengers or something where you you need all this color and visual effects to to keep yourself interested. The, this is a movie about the story and about the acting. And they do it right, and you don't need the color. It doesn't. Add, it wouldn't have added anything to the film, to be honest. And uh, no, they made a great point of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand why people have such such a problem with black and white. The language barrier, also, you just got to get over it. But I mean, some people just won't. Um, if you didn't like black and white, maybe don't watch this movie. But I honestly think. Everyone should watch this movie. Um, but watch it after you've seen um, Citizen Kane. I don't think enough people have seen it. So I think, I think I'm going to go back and rewatch Citizen Kane and then watch Mank again before we do uh, before watching the Oscars. Because I think, it, I think that uh, it's not doing enough justice to the film to not catch all of the references and similarities between the two films. I think I'm I'm gonna go back and do it. And I would highly recommend everyone else does, and I'll make a point of it in one of the future episodes. I'll follow back, but yeah, watch Citizen Kane first, and then watch this. Citizen Kane's not that long, is it? It's only about three hours. <laughs> yeah, but hey, it, it's definitely a movie everyone should check out because there's a lot of things you see in new movies that um, 
you owe to that movie, you know, or like sh- different shots and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that that's the thing. Uh, oh, Citizens Kane's also only two hours. I had to double check just so I didn't sound stupid. Really, um, it feels like four. It you'd think so. Not sa- not saying it's bad for, but you know what I mean. Yeah, because like the thing with some of these older films is. It's not just because they're good films; it's because of how influential they are, and just the way. And that's why this uh, this movie was so important because the screenplay and just the whole of how the movie was written is why it's so important. It's the influence that it has on other films and how it affected the, the film industry. If the if that movie came out today, it'd be a good film. It probably wouldn't wouldn't steal the show quite uh, quite the same way, but um. It, no, it's important to look back and just see just like what planted the seeds for everything and just appreciate uh, those who set it up so long ago. I lost my thought. Um, it's okay. You I know, can cut that out. That it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a movie that like, yeah, you definitely should watch Citizen Kane. Um, I mean, you don't have to, but it it really does. It's really cool to see them kind of like meld together and see what went into it and everything like that. Um, but one thing that I loved about it was the acting, um, Gary Oldman, uh, who has one of the strangest careers in Hollywood, I think, not only because of the different voice acting he's doing, but the fact that he seems to do straight to video movies and then Oscar-nominated movies, and then back to straight-to-video movies, which is strange. Um, I'm talking about doing um, Into the Darkness, the that, or was it, what was it? Darkest Hour. And then the next year he did um, Hunter Killer, and then he came back and did this. <laughs> so it's very... It, it, it was a great act. Great acting by him. I'm not saying that against him, holding that against him. It's just strange. Um, he, I would put it second strangest to Woody Harrelson because you never know what Woody Harrelson is doing. Um, I thought uh, Amanda C- uh, Seyfried did great. Charles Dance, I don't think there's a thing he's acted in that I don't like. I mean, I loved him in King of the Monsters, even. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, even the acting by, I forget his name, he played uh, Mank's brother. He was also in Ozarks, where he also played a brother. Um, I thought the acting was great. And, and the set pieces and the staging and everything were just fantastic. I love old school movies like that. I mean, it really just, I mean, it's just a really great overall movie. Yeah, the, the effort is there it's it's very apparent throughout the film the acting uh, everyone was casted perfectly the acting is fantastic nothing no one ever there's no there's no letdowns here or there or anywhere it's just a very solid overall film and um, no I'm, I'm I'm happy that I saw it if it wasn't nominated I probably wouldn't have given it a second glance and that's kind of why we're doing this because every because every year for uh, most moviegoers you don't see all of the Oscar nominated films. And then you're kind of just, you vote on like the two or three films that you saw. Cause not everything gets the same amount of attention. 
I don't right. know how much attention this gets in um with a full, with a full wide release if there's no pandemic going on. I this is probably one of those films that will fly under the radar. Yeah, I completely agree. Not only just just because it's a Netflix movie, but it's a Netflix movie done you know, during a pandemic, but also by a director that everyone should know and David Fincher. But like unless you do know him, you weren't you maybe weren't gonna seek it out type of deal. Like once I heard he was making this movie, it didn't matter when it was coming out, I was seeing it. And it's actually one of the movies you know, we've been talking about uh, these movies that have been nominated and everything and movies like Godzilla we, we wish to see in theaters. This is one of those movies I wish I could have saw on a big screen. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why either. <laughs> I just I think was... it was a it was a great acting piece and such a I mean, guess a period piece and I just think it was great and I would I would have I mean, not many of these movies would I have willingly saw in theaters if the pandemic wasn't going on. I mean, I would probably see I mean, I would see I don't know why I say this, because if they're nominated and it's non-pandemic here, we would have saw them. But I think this would have been one of the better movies to see in a theater. I mean, I get it. I, I mean, you, you and me, we, we've gone to movies a, a thousand times. We, we just love the theater experience, and it always adds a little something to them. And the theater... Mis- <laughs> the theater experience will never die. No, that's that, that too, like... A, a lot of people were kind of worried. It was like, oh, um, HBO Max is stealing all of these movie releases. What's going to happen when the pandemic opens up? People are going to be like content with like a hybrid model. But, you know, there is the movies are still better there. There are some movies like I'm still pissed we didn't get to see Godzilla and Kong uh, in IMAX because those, those yeah. are movies you the theater just makes it so much better. Just. The theater experience is definitely something you can't quite get at home. You just don't get the big screen. The sound, the sound is never going to be quite there. Right. And um, no, even a movie that's not big on the that is, does not rely on sound effects, uh, special effects, or anything, any visuals like that. It's just good acting, and uh, just a well done film. It it still makes it more fun to watch, and uh, I'm hopeful that it, things open up soon. I'm getting my first shot tomorrow. So oh, nice. We are, we, are, we are rounding the corner. We are rounding the corner, and we will be back in, in movie theaters together, people watching and shitting on people that use their phones. The the, the, the theater etiquette is an episode in itself. Yeah, theater etiquette is probably multiple episodes, one of which being a rant episode. Thank you very yeah, much. Don't, don't bring your babies into Man of Steel. Come on, people. Was it Man of Steel? What was it? It was completely inappropriate. Um, I want to say it was Man of Steel. The baby was in uh, World War Z. That's what it was. It was World War Z. There is no reason a child should be <laughs> should be in that movie. For God's sakes! Oh my God! And then the yeah, dude um... who was just making like this stupid little giggle when the at the end when the guy's chomping his uh gritting his teeth or whatever he's like dude just shut the fuck up just watch the goddamn movie yeah anyway. i yeah 
for another day. Uh, any last thoughts on Mank? Where do you where do you have it? I, I think uh, I mentioned Mank... earlier. I have it ranked as like the my favorite so far. I have it second, in second. Uh, no, I haven't seen Minari, and Trial yet. Or no, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. I think I said earlier I haven't seen Trial, but I have seen Trial. Um, I haven't seen Minari or uh, Black Messiah, so I would have put this at two so far. Is Minari going to be the, Is Minari going to be the sleeper film? I believe Minari is going to be the sleeper film, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing. Uh, I'm saying that as a it hasn't been pushed as much as the other ones have. No, not not one. Like if it's, I would, I don't think I would have known this film existed if I wasn't if we weren't doing this and trying to go through all the films because I don't think I've seen it anywhere. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those movies where it didn't get pushed a lot, and then it's gonna be like out right after it comes out or right after award season. Should it win anything, it then blows up, kind of thing. Kind of like when Parasite, like when we were seeing Parasite. It wasn't the huge smash it was after the Oscars. It had like after, a, it had a little buzz to the it. The Oscars, though. everybody was talking about it. it. It had a little buzz to it though. But Minari has nothing. I haven't heard anyone say a damn thing about this film, and that's and that's why I will again recommend go watch all these films because there's there's a there's hidden gems in here and they shouldn't even be hidden gems they're nominated for a reason except for nomadland i don't get it but everything else has been a great watch i'm and like some of these things like the father i don't know much about that film either i haven't seen it pushed that much but it's got anthony hopkins in it and you just know that he's going to put up a great performance and he's nominated yeah, for best actor and that's what i'm going to go there and watch it for it's going to be for him and then I'll probably be surprised and realize it's a really good movie. I could pick that one to be my favorite uh, this time next week, but just got to give them a shot. It it's it's an hour and a half long. What don't tell me people don't have an hour and a half to kill with as much shit I see on Twitter and all these other social media nonsense. Yeah, you're telling me. Um. Yeah, I can't wait to watch The Father. That's that's one I'm saving for like. I'm saving the popcorn and the candy and the the nice root beer and yeah. And that's all the time we had today. Thank you for listening to the 5050 Network podcast. Our social medias are in the description. And as always, thanks for the support.